0: hi everybody we're back for another episode of the reaching the summit podcast today it is myself todd and zach greg will not be joining us today he is he is off i i can't remember california or something zach
1: yeah ball ticking yep yeah
0: ticking yes He, he did want us to make it clear that it was not on the dime of the uh constituents however um but he is politicking in some way shape or form yep so it'll it'll just be the two of us i don't know if that means we'll go a little short today or if that means we'll uh we tend to find a way to get to an hour no matter what but uh what we're going to plan on doing today is we've got two weeks of basketball to kind of look at and and it helped us get some questions as the as the uh time was going on that I think are worth answering and Zach I sent you some if you've got some more to add we'll just we'll just go and kind of go from there the uh first question I have is is this going to be a down year for the top of the summit and and a couple quick points with that South Dakota State just lost at home to Stephen F Austin Oral Roberts maybe hasn't looked as good as we had thought North Dakota State winless so far um just a function of tough early schedules or maybe are are we a bit down at the top this year?
1: It's a great question because there's so many different uh, ways that you can look at it, quite frankly. Um, I think, you know, one of the ways is, is, you know, again, I'm going to do a lot of referencing to Ken Palm here. I promise I'm not going to do this forever. (laughs) This is pretty much just a non-conference schedule thing. Soon we'll get to the conference schedule and we'll just have to worry about, you know, conference standings and not Ken Palm, but it's really the only way to add context to the situation Um, but so, but to, to keep that in perspective here. So they're they're the Kent Palm 23rd ranked conference out of 33, uh, that's pretty well in line with last year. So, so if you look at it kind of in comparison to the other conferences, they seem to be about the same. Um, but you're right though, it, in terms of wins, you know, historically we've been like, okay, we're looking for the big power five wins, right? Well, so far this year, I mean. I'm seeing three wins inside the top 200, Ken Palm. I see South Dakota State, you know, Boise State and St. Bonaventure. Boise State was 81. St. Bonaventure was 133. And then South Dakota with Lipscomb at uh, 175. And that's it for inside the top 200. Yeah. Um, You know, St. Thomas has four Division I wins. uh, But there, you know, Chicago State is 270. St. Francis is 257. Troy's 242 and Merrimack is 237. So, I mean, still good wins, still things to build on, still more than most of the conference can say, but not within the side of the top 200. So it really does feel like that. And I think you know the eye test too. You know, uh, Oral Roberts. I mean, their only win is over Texas Southern. they Ken Palm 240. You know, Ken Palm 240. That, that's that's not that. And Oklahoma Baptist, they just beat by about 10. They're they're a division two team who's one and two right. and so that that's not supposed to be a 10-point game and John Brown's a, a, a low-level NAIA school so um there's just there's not much out there and then um you know some of these schools have played sort of like a suicide schedule you know Omaha they're just we're really not going to know what we have there um until more of the conference season because their their schedule is definitely tougher and and um uh, obviously, you say the same thing about UMKC. You know they're they're, they're playing a really tough schedule. Although UMKC, they do have uh, three games coming up: uh, SIU, Edwardsville, uh, Idaho State, and Lindenwood. Who they're a little bit more like opponents, and so uh, we'll know probably more after those games, but they haven't happened yet. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. You, you kind of look around, and it's just like, man, we don't we don't have that much to show for it now, you know. And um, I don't want to get too carried away about Oral Roberts, but you know, look at you know NDSU's probably worse than last year, uh, South Dakota, probably about the same South Dakota state, you know, obviously a little worse, but they only had one direction to go, uh, yeah. St. Thomas, maybe a little bit better, but, um, you know, Denver, you know, it's just, you, you want to start to get excited about them. And I think we eventually will, but you know, the, the two wins it's, you know, Idaho Ken Palm, three fifty six and Idaho state, uh, Ken Palm three twenty nine. So, yeah. Um, You know, they're supposed to beat them and they did and they took care of business and that's not to be held against them. But, you know, it's just it's a little early and uh, man, it's just not only these (laughs) these games, but just the rate at which these games are coming. It's hard to even like get too carried away whether they play good or bad. I mean, it's just it's wild. You know, I stayed in the same hotel last night as Montana State. They literally they came from Oregon, flew into Fargo, drove up to Grand Forks, got there at about like 11 o'clock last night. Uh, didn't shoot our, ar- didn't shoot around, su- suited up, played, and they hop back on the plane and they're they're after their next destination. And So it's not just this conference; it's just everywhere. It's it's mass chaos, mass chaos. Uh, but you know, we're, we're going to be watching to see if they make uh, any progress. Um, but yeah, I mean, t- to answer your question, try to answer it succinctly. I I think it's a little softer this year. I think it's a little down. There's probably more parity. I think the bottom of the conference is better than last year, but the top is probably softer, which makes for more fun. I mean, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, when you have South Dakota State losing Baylor Shireman and Douglas Wilson, it, they're going to go down a bit, and so I think that just and then North Dakota State, same thing with all the losses: Greasel, Edie, uh, harden Hayes, it, you know, multiple players from 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 there. It's going to go down a little bit. I will say that with two weeks of basketball and such varied opponents and a, quite a few non-D1s in there, it's it's just so hard to know for sure. But they haven't taken advantage. The top of the conference hasn't taken advantage of opportunities. And no one's expecting Oral Roberts to go out and beat Houston. I mean, Houston's one, one of the best, could be in the Final Four this year. But they just got, ra- got destroyed by him. And so and then you just don't have a lot of examples of, of nice wins. The Boise State win is probably the best win in the conference right now. South Dakota State's win over Boise State. Mm-hmm. Um so you just don't have a lot of like, oh, here we go. And then and then there aren't a lot of not many games against Mac opponents. I think Omaha played ball state. Uh, but as for the top of the conference, they haven't played some Mac or Horizon opponents where you go, oh, you know, that's a conference within five. And Ken Palm of ours, uh, that, that shows something. Uh, Montana State picked to to win the Big Sky, went to North Dakota and beat them. And I think they play two other Summit League schools coming up, Montana State does. So that'll give us a little bit of a barometer as uh, as to where those teams may fall. Yeah. Uh so so some of it just comes down to it's early in the season. You don't want to overreact one way or the other. We all thought Western Illinois last year was going to be uh um you know, a top 3 team in the summit maybe after the end of non-conference mm-hmm. and then the wheels yeah. kind of came off for them. Yep. Uh so it's just so so much unknown when it when you're playing such vastly different opponents. But it mm-hmm. I remember feeling more excited a few weeks into the season last year uh, just feels like we haven't taken advantage of our opportunities.
1: And and I think what kind of plays into it, and this is sort of the third component of this question really. And this is what really fascinates me the most, um, is, okay. So we know that roughly 43% of the division one players that entered the portal, uh, didn't find a new home, uh, a significant amount of the players that did, uh, are, not in a better situation, so you're talking about maybe 10 to 15 percent of the players actually finding a better situation. Um, we saw you know North Dakota, North Dakota State, saw up and close and personal a Pacific team who is almost built entirely out of the portal. Yeah, uh, yep. guys that had played at other places and weren't necessarily getting ran off, just wanted a, a change of scenery, guys that could really play all sort of pieced together in one off season. They're really good, like yeah. they have. They have players that could just score one on one at will, um, and in Union N S, you kind of found that out the hard way. Um, we saw Montana State with a couple major impact transfers. Um, none of those players are really making it into the Summit League, you know. Right. And so, is it is it because they couldn't recruit those players? Is it because they weren't necessarily trying? Is it because historically this conference has done well with recruiting freshmen and developing them and, you know, what North Dakota State and South Dakota State and, you know, NRL Roberts had really done so well um, that they just wanted to kind of go back to that. And, you know, so I, I don't know why there aren't more power five bounce back players in this league. It's it's the the, the contrast between, a, you know, going out and getting a power five bounce back player who's good enough to play at the power five level. Uh, and a, and a college freshman is, as wide as the grand Canyon. Right. It, it it's, and I, I, it's, it's hard to like, nobody wants to like adjust their expectations, but there's just no way around it with freshmen. Yeah. Like the old adage is you need to get old and stay old. And it's, it's that for a reason. And so will these freshmen even stay? You know, I mean, there's a lot of good freshmen in the conference and, you know, they've proven to, you know, it, it just, I, I don't know what the formula is right now. And I think there are a lot of coaches that are having to reconsider, reconsider this. And I, it feels like there's definitely a couple of programs that kind of got caught sort of in no man's land. Um, It's not like one situation. It's not like a coach not understanding the situation. It's just, they're having to rethink everything they know about building a roster and do it on the fly. Um, so again, is it, is this more specific to the summer league? Is it not? Is it, or, you know, how are these other program or conferences being affected? You know, they're still rated the, the, the 23rd out of 33rd conference. So I, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I really think this is fascinating. I, it, this would be a great like off season topic, uh, to discuss with coaches because, you know, is this conference down? Is it, you know, why is it, is it, is it really compared to other uh, conferences? I, I, this is, that that's going to be something we're going to be following all year long, quite frankly. Right.
0: And, and who knows, in, in a couple of weeks, we may have, like I said, some of the like opponents start showing up and some more uh, opponents with, from similar conferences, which will give us a, maybe a little better gauge it. So I think it's fair to say that anything we say in answering that question is an overreaction to two weeks of of basketball against opponents that we just are so vastly different. It's yeah. hard to really know. But, yeah, it, it does. And, and I think some of it comes from Oral Roberts. And just, like, they lost to St. Mary's. They got it within eight. But they looked yeah. so bad in the first half. And I think that was the team with the most continuity with – Maybe they're not power five guys, but they've got athletes on that team. And and yeah. so like to, to have them go out and not and just look a little bit lost, I guess, for lack of a better term, it is, at least dampens my expectations
1: for the conference. Yeah, I mean, their roster should be peaking, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They've been building for this year specifically. And you almost wonder if they kind of set up a non-conference schedule for that as well. Um, And then the the other way, the other thing that I would say, just to kind of put a ball in this whole conversation is, I mean, ultimately. It doesn't matter that much because like they, you know, they're not getting two bids and it all just comes down to who wins the conference anyway. And I think just because they may not, you know, it's hard to gauge where they're at in relation to other conferences. I think there's a lot of teams that are alike in this conference, a lot of teams that are facing the same questions. And so like who I don't, at this point, I'm not even sure that I I care if they're down because I know this conference season is going to be wild. It's going to be wild. It's going to be extremely hard to predict, which makes it more fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, So not to stay on the, the maybe negativity train, but I guess here we go. Uh, North Dakota state started and four. Are they gonna is there a reason to worry with them or are they gonna be right in the hunt like they always are?
1: Um, you know, I, I think it just it depends on what your expectations are. You know, do you, I I I don't see them contending for a conference championship. Um but can can they sort of be in that middle tier? I, I, I think that's definitely a possibility, you know. The yeah. that Javis Miller, he's doing he's he's playing really well. Uh, I don't want to say playing really well for a freshman. I think he's just playing really well regardless. Uh, he's really picking it up. But then they still have a lot of question marks. This is what a team with a bunch of freshmen looks like, right? And they're good freshmen, but they're still freshmen. And so it's just it's just gonna be like this all year. I don't think you know the the, and that may not be a bad thing. But um, you know you got Grant Nelson there, man. You got Grant Nelson. Uh, I just hope that they're able to sort of kind of pull it together because. Uh, he's a special player and you'd hate to see him kind of be a part of a situation that's sort of falling apart because, um, you know, some transfers and things like that. Cause he's a special player and, and, and NAC is a special program. And so um, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, how do you, how do you see that situation playing out? You,
0: you, you know, you talked about Grant and, one of the things that we brought up a little bit last year, and and but that was on a team with Sam Grizel, Tyree Eady, a lot of veteran players, is that Grant Nelson shot under nine shots a game last year. Hmm. It's very early, it's four games in, but he's still under nine shots a game. Yeah. Uh turning it over four times a game, which which is pretty high. I that may be just trying things trying to come together as far as the turnover turnovers. It's a lot of added new pieces. Uh, I just feel like that's a team. If they're really going to be to their highest potential, doesn't he have to put up 15 shots a game?
1: I mean, and this is the time, this is the time in the podcast that I feel like we do every single week. Like we need to put a disclaimer out there. That's like, Hey, we're not trying to tell any coaches like what they should be doing. Like, like, you know, like
0: I have no idea what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Coach
1: Richmond has won more games than, than all of us have ever even watched. So it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, So, I guess more or less to say, like, rather than say, oh, they should be doing this or that, it's just like, I'm very curious why, you know, it's a very equal opportunity type offense. But that's always been because they've been very balanced and they have a lot of guys that can score and, you know, that makes them difficult to guard. I mean, that's just not what this is here. I'm just curious to see if the conference season starts and they're still trying to establish themselves and trying to get traction. Do they say, okay, I've watched freshmen shoot it enough. We're going to just play through grant Nelson. You know, I wonder if that's coming. It would be, I can't think of a good reason why grant shouldn't get a touch every time down in some way, shape or form. Uh, but I think NDSU is having to do a lot of things that they haven't done in a long time this year. And so there might as well be one more.
0: Right. Yeah. It just feels like it opens up everything for everybody else. Even if it's not shots, like just the ball in his hands,
1: it, if he he's he's like a, a willing, yeah, and he's he's a willing passer. It's not like he ever forces anything, you know. And right, you know what what's a what's a young guard's best friend? A post player that you can just dump the ball into, and he can either get two points, or he's going to draw a double team, and then somebody else is going to shoot an open shot. So a lot of good things can happen. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, it's, and and I think some of it is just we knew the backcourt was going to take some time. We are mm-hmm. only four games in, and the reason I phrased the question in the way I did is. Well, they find themselves in the hunt like they just always do. They finish fourth or fifth, and they're still playing yeah. for the championship game in, in March for whatever reason. Um, and so I I think they there's no reason there's enough talent for them to 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 do that.
1: Yeah,
0: it, it still has to sort out where it all goes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, yeah, that's that is an interesting thing when you talked about the power you know the drop the power five players coming down or just transfers in general um portal transfers in general it's just not the way that North Dakota state south Dakota state and even uh, oral Roberts a little bit in fact more this year than most um it's just not the way they've done it and so it, that may be just part of why it doesn't happen as much in the and it's not week.
1: even yeah it's not even the way that Kansas City went and coach no, Menzies is connected with everybody yeah coach yeah. Menzies knows everybody you yeah. know and so like if i thought there'd be one guy that would dip into the power five bounce back a little bit more, it'd be Kansas City, but even they didn't do it. So is this like what are they seeing? You know what I mean? Like is it just a matter of these players holding out for other spots and then them never making it out of the portal? Or what exactly is going on? I'm just I'm fascinated by it because you see the impact of some of these guys, but none of them are in the summit league. So it's not just one team deciding not to do it. It's like everybody. So I don't know. Right.
0: Well, and, and traditionally, I would say, the way Kansas City is doing it, let's take your lumps for a year. Yeah. that There's some talented players that, that it's just, nowadays, seven of those guys don't stick around.
1: Well, right. That, that's what and I'm so, going to say. The, the elephant in the room is they don't stay. Yeah. So why even invest time in them? Like, why not just... <laughs> Why not just go build why not just do a Pacific and build through the portal? Because the last thing you want is, I mean, because players like freshmen take a lot of time, man. And they give coaches a lot of gray hair and you have to babysit them and you have to, they just have to, you don't even really know if they're going to make it at the college level. And so it's almost just like, man, you could just let other teams sort that out and then cherry pick some of the guys once they know who they are on the college level. But it's easier said than done.
0: Well, and I, I barely made it through my freshman year of college and I was <laughs> not doing anything productive. I, yeah. I certainly wasn't having to go to practice and play games and like it. So yeah, it's just a transition all the way around.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: All right. Well, something league wide that I, I find pretty interesting, and maybe this is some of what we're seeing early on, you know, the Summit League has never had the athletes that you know, a Pacific that brings in a bunch of players from the portal even would have. uh, But they could always shoot the ball. And so early in the season, we only have one team, and that's St. Thomas, over 33% shooting from three. South Dakota State, one of the best three-point shooting teams historically, is only shooting 26%. And then only six players that qualify with enough shots are shooting over 40%. Will it is this going to correct itself, or are we just seeing an early season issue, or or could this you be know, leading to a bigger problem?
1: It's probably going to be a team by team thing. You know, South Dakota State that has to correct itself. It has to, like it has to. I mean, I think they have you know two two Power Five games in there, and maybe that's what's kind of skewing it a little bit, but um, it, it has to, you know. But the the you know the, that's the other thing with freshmen, like the, the the fundamental problem with freshmen is the games moving really fast and they are not comfortable. And all it takes is to be off just a little bit for your shot to not go down. It usually takes freshmen a long time to get comfortable. So they're knocking down shots or just inexperienced players, maybe not even freshmen. And so you're getting a lot of guys that are in positions that they haven't been in before. And, um, you know, it's showing up, it's showing up. And so there's also not. I mean, you have shoot arounds and stuff like that, but you know, you're traveling and you're playing games every third day. It's just, it's hard to get into a rhythm, you know, rhythm, you know, shooting such a rhythm too. And I, you know, whether it's with the game planning and, you know, games every Thursday and Saturday or whatnot, it's just, this non conference schedule is just chaos with everything. It's just yeah. wreaking havoc and everything. And so it's just like, man, if you can be tough minded enough to not get shook too much and spooked and just kind of stay the path and make inc- incremental progress, you're probably gonna be all right. But I mean, who knows? It's really getting. I, th- I think it's going to be a case by case situation with these teams. Yeah,
0: well, and and I think overall, it's just been too much of a track record for the league to be mm-hmm. great, a great shooting league. And and frankly, it's the way they they recruit as well. And I think your point of who they're playing early in the year mm-hmm. is a is a pretty pretty good explanation as to what's happening. I mean the, the the athleticism and length that they're going up against as they're trying to shoot the ball yeah is uh you know they won't see that in in January.
1: I, I totally agree and that's what I was just thinking about when you're talking like it's very apparent the summer league is very different than a lot of other conferences. And I don't think people realize that they just watch the Summer League. Like there are a lot of other conferences that really emphasize length and athleticism. And that's great for defense, but they also have to score points on the other end where, you know, this league, it's there's a high premium on skill. And so you're right. I mean, they're running up against teams that really pressure them and and not to keep referencing UND, but it's just the game that happened. you know, Montana State, they really got after them. They really made them uncomfortable for a while. And uh, it just sort of puts you on the defense. And then, of course, nobody shoots great when they're defensive, you know. Uh, But there's a lot of that going on. You know, they're really getting chased around. Now, once they start, like you said, once they start playing each other, I expect it to be different just because there's just a different caliber of defender in the Summit League, fundamentally.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I just looked up North Dakota State against Kansas, which is one of the highest level examples, 28% from three. Um, Mm -hmm. UND actually shot really well from three um, against Creighton, but. Yeah. yeah but also gave up 96 um yeah. but i i do think that's that's a big part of it everybody can close out faster they're they're bigger when they get there it's just you're not having as clean of looks
1: and they rely and, on it more than other schools too so
0: right there's also this conspiracy about the new ball i don't know if i, I don't know much about that i no that was no, a,
1: no yeah it, it, it's just like i've 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 held them. All it is is they're just painted a little different color. Like the the dye is just slightly different. That's all it is. They're the Does same. Does it throw solutions. off
0: somebody's depth perception when they're shooting a three though, Zach?
1: No, 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 no. There's <laughs> it. It uh no, they're they're the same thing. Same thing.
0: They're they're not like the kicking balls in the NFL. Then is
1: no, it 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 wasn't like um wasn't that a couple of years ago when the NBA went to a new ball and like. Then they had to pull a plug on it after, like, a couple months because, like, literally nobody could handle it. It was, like, way too slick, and it was just, yeah. But, no, these are the same, like, leather solution balls. They just died a little differently, I think.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, that was one of the things thrown out there. I was imagining then the NCAA overcorrecting, and now next season the bad shooting teams will be shooting 40% from three because the thing will just – or the rims will be looser or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The one thing I will say about those balls though, is it does take them a long time to break them in. And like, there, there's kind of a sweet spot with those balls. Like you can't, they can't be broken in too much or too little. And you know, maybe if if they're a brand new ball thrown in there, it, it may, it's way different than a broken in ball. And oh, so yeah. it's kind of hard to explain, but there, there's definitely like, a, you have to get, use the ball that's in a sweet spot. So I guess, you know, Hey, if you're a, if you're a poor shooting team and you're playing against a good shooting team, maybe, maybe you send a brand new ball off for tip, you know, yeah, <laughs> that, that's more right. tacky. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, right. that, that's, that, that stuff could happen because there is quite a variance in the different stages of that ball.
0: How are there not departments in each school investigating the different balls so they can like
1: categorize them yeah. for
0: the type of team they're playing against?
1: I know. Wouldn't that be something? That's next yeah. level stuff. That's Bill Belichick stuff.
0: Yeah. We need <laughs> and Bill. then he'd be videotaping
1: their practice yeah. too. So that would help.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so we talked a little bit about the few teams that were kind of considered towards the top of the league. Uh, who do you think the most surprising team so far this year is? Yeah, I think it's St. Thomas,
1: man. I, you know, yeah. yeah, they for four wins within between Ken Palm 200 to 300, like that's really that's good for anybody like yeah. that's, that's probably that's the second best resume so far this year. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that resume is way better than what oral Roberts has, and it's slightly better than what South Dakota's done. Yep. So um, we'll see how long that holds. Maybe it doesn't hold for very long, but you know, they are like, what I appreciate about them is like, they seem pretty unaffected by whoever they're playing, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, okay. You go play Creighton. You do what you do right? You could, you go play uh, St. Francis. You do what you do. You go play Troy. You do what you do. You go play Mary Mac. I mean, they, they just, their consistency is going to be the name of the game this year. There's going to be some wildly inconsistent teams. St. Thomas isn't going to be one of them. And you just get the feeling that they're just going to work their way slowly, methodically up the standings. And I mean, who knows? Maybe they could even get to four, you know, four or five. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I did, certainly not out of the realm of possibilities anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I even early on, I was kind of saying, all right, everybody, calm down a little bit. Chicago, Chicago State has been one of the worst yeah. Division One teams in the last ten years, every year. It's nice that they won, but it just like you said, they just keep finding a way. And Merrimack isn't a great team. You know, none of the teams they beat are <clears throat> exceptional teams. But they're they're winning pretty convincingly. They, in some they handle of those them games. like they should. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whereas yeah. you've got Denver playing some teams that are similarly ranked and squeaking by. And again, a win is a win. I've had to talk multiple Vikings fans off the ledge for that. A loss is a loss, same thing. Um after today's performance. But at the same time, like a guy who I wasn't convinced was gonna keep doing some of the things he did last year, Riley Miller. I, he just keeps finding ways to get open and keeps making the shots. I don't know how you let him open 17 times from three, like Mary Mac did, but he, he's <laughs> going to hit nine of them if he's got good looks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. I mean, and you know, and Andrew Rody's just taking steps, man. I mean, how many, yeah. how many coaches would have the guts to put the ball in the hands of a true freshman at the end of the game? You know, right. Tower, Towerwood and and, and Andy Rotary, Andrew Roddy, Andrew uh, rewarded him. So, uh, how excited or surprised are we about Denver, the uh, Idaho State champion, Denver University?
0: Yeah, they yeah they if they played Idaho teams every time, it, you know it's. Tommy Bruner hit the game winning shot against Idaho State. Um, one of their Division One transfers. Uh, Kevin Smith, I, I think, I really do think he will have a great year. Mm-hmm. I, they're, they're shoot, their shooting is what concerns me.
1: Yeah. They're missing Colvin Porter, man. That's yeah. what really stands out to me. I mean, they, if they had Colvin Porter out there, everybody gets better because the spacing gets better. And, yeah. you know, hey, it really helps to have three or four extra threes a game. And, um, you're right. That's kind of the skill set that they're sort of lacking right now. Um, you know, again, they're, they've been taking care of their schedule. And, they, you know, it'd be a different story if they dropped one of those two games to the Idaho teams. But, I mean, right. you're right. They won them. It's progress. Um, they're about like we thought, I think, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, – yeah, there's – what were they? Four, four for 17 against Idaho State. Mm-hmm. They just – Marco Lukic could shoot a little bit, but he's been a pretty – he likes firing it up, and he hasn't in Denver. Um, but prior to Denver, he was putting up a lot of three-point shots, five or six a game, but only shooting low 30s. He wasn't – and I'm just not sure who – that Tommy Bruner will hit a few threes. It's still not a part of Tevin Smith's game. And so, you know, you've got some some decent pieces. It just – I really like Tocotainbo. He seems to do the right thing all the time. Um mm-hmm. you know they the I I think they're about where we thought they were. I wouldn't put them as a surprising team because I think they're still kind of right about that spot. I, I I whereas St. Thomas I wouldn't have put next to Denver to start the year. I think I do now. And and so that's where I find them a little bit more surprising. I North Dakota State and their struggles might be I mean if we want to look at it a different way might be surprising another way uh, we're going to get to
1: Yeah. We're going to get to see how important consistency is. Yeah. I think Denver is going to be really consistent. You know, maybe their ceiling isn't what we may have thought it was, but I think they're going to be consistent. Same with St. Thomas. And you get to contrast that with a bunch of really inconsistent teams. Yeah. How much does that matter? I, we're going to find out this year. I mean, I think we're going to learn a lot about which strategies work and how important certain aspects of a program are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you know, one, one thing I wanted to mention on St. Thomas and it's just as the league as a whole that I, the reason, one of the reasons I get excited and I'll add coach tower to the, to this list. He's, he's, he's such a good basketball coach. And oh, so as no. the talent increases yeah. and then you add coach Woburn at Denver, which is, again, this isn't a a slight to Rodney Billups. And, and I think Greg from his interactions with Rodney Billups really liked the man who Rodney Billups was, but it's night and day at Denver, Kansas city, bringing in someone like Marvin Menzies, I, frankly, Billy Donald's a good basketball coach. I don't know that there was a loss necessarily, you know, a gain necessarily in coaching there, but they, the coaches that have been brought in, I just, am really encouraged with what the summit league is doing there.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting situation. You know, I've had a chance to be a part of a coaching search and, Man, you would be surprised just how many good coaches there are out there. Like, yeah. there are 200 qualified coaches for every opening. Huh? Yeah. And it's but but there's also a lot of value in continuity, though. Like you don't really accomplish anything without continuity in you know. So I don't know. Um, but you're right, though. I mean, just you know whether it's a, a a slick baseline out of balance play, the game winner, Denver's game winner. Uh, little sidelines out of play. I mean, just really, really good. Yeah. I yep. mean, just yep. yeah, you're right though. It is. This is a they had one right
0: before conference. that led, led to an easy Tevin Smith dunk. Like I right know. before, yeah,
1: just yep, he, he can coaching, draw man.
0: some stuff up.
1: Yep, yep.
0: So we talked about the most surprising team. I wanted to go to to players real quick. Mm -hmm. who do you think the single most important player to their team is? For example, if they were to miss time, they're the hardest to replace. Yeah. Max Aismis is probably the quickest answer off the tongue, but it might not be the one I would go with. Yeah,
1: I mean, you look at A.J. Plitzel and Max Aismis as two of the best players in the conference, but what's interesting (laughs) is both of their programs have guys that, have spent a lot of time playing point guards themselves. Yeah. You know, I, you know, or Roberts, they basically start two point guards. So does South Dakota, you know? And so a lot of different ways to look at this, you know, Trent Massner may be the one, right. Cause there's wow. just no other replacement for him. And um, is he back playing by the way? He, missed he did not
0: play much. in their last game. Yeah.
1: I was going to say he, he's UCF. Been out. Yeah. So and they looked
0: awful. Whew.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I'm getting. At. I think the drop off. It's not so much how good they are. It's just the drop off to the next player, and that's yeah, that's probably Trent Masner. I mean, he, you know, triple double right yeah. the game before he got hurt. So I, it's just it's hard to impact the game in more ways than that, really. Yeah.
0: Well, and and if there was a player that I had a decent team but wanted to get to be a great team, that I would want to add Trent Masner's right at the top of the list for Summit League players.
1: He can do it like, all. He
0: just does so many things.
1: Yeah. And he's so focused on getting his teammates involved this year too, which I think is going to pay dividends long term. I mean, there's going to be some games where he's going to have to reach back and get 30 and when he needs to do that, it'll be there. But he's really putting an emphasis on getting his teammates going and I think that's a great way to start, at least really start the year. Um yeah. but the one thing so to kind of tie tie this point back to what we were talking about initially, uh you know, young teams, inconsistent teams what don't they have? Good, experienced upperclassmen point guards, right? Yeah. That's the, it's one thing. If you have a young shooting guard, that's one thing, right? You you can kind of minimize, but if you have a young or at least an inexperienced point guard on this level, it's a very difficult thing to get going. It's just really, because the game's just moving so fast for them and they're just trying to keep their head above water and you know, even if you have a good post player, you can't get on the ball because the, the point guard just has their hands full trying to get the ball across half court. And it just the value of a good senior point guard can never be overstated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I think a, a good example to that with a young point guard, Jalen Trent, I, watching today, he there'd be one play where I'd go, how did he find that guy? Yeah. And then the next play, I'd go, what is he doing? Yeah. Like, but that's what you're gonna get with a young player.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like the,
0: you you can see the vision and you can see the skill set. It just doesn't always.
1: Yeah, there's a. Consistently. You know, they 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 kind of get to a tipping point, right? They go from trying to keep their head above water to like truly attacking. Like AJ Plitzowite, Trent Massner, Max Asmus, they're in attack mode 100% of the time. The game's moving slow. They know exactly where they need to go with the ball, whether it's them scoring or their, their teammate or whatever. Like they see the situation extremely clearly. And if you only stick to what you're good at, you stand a pretty good chance, right? Um, If you're young and the game's moving fast, you can't even, you don't you can't see the forest through the trees. And that's what a lot of these young point guards, you know, maybe even at NDSU too, like, are we just running offense for the sake of running offense or are we doing it intentionally to get something that I know is going to work? You know, there's a big difference there. And, um, you know, we're going to see it this year.
0: What One name that we didn't bring up that I think deserves at least a mention, Shamari Allen with that young team. Yeah. I, I don't know where. I mean, who knows yeah. where they'll end up anyways. But with, without him and Rick Wandis Mitchell, but especially Shamari, who has really stepped up this year in the absence of a lot of other players, he, he, he deserves mention in the conversation of Hardest to replace on their team.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, especially not only does he not have a backup really, but I mean, he's pulling along for other guys. And right. so, yeah, I mean, maybe you can make a case for him, too because um, it's not just his play, it's you know he's pretty much responsible for the play of everyone else and getting them organized and you know helping them learn on the fly because they don't have enough practice time and they're they're in a lot of tough spots and you know you you do a lot of learning on the court, and um Shamari can do a lot of teaching too in addition to playing really well yeah and and
0: then really, i mean no none of us would have called him a point guard last year, and he's mm-hmm. been pushed into that role and done just fine, mhm mhm, so yeah, nice to see. Yeah. So which team are we most likely to say, wow, look at how much better they look in two months? So a team that's just going to grow that we maybe haven't seen it yet, but it'll come together.
1: Yeah. Um, Is it cheating to say Earl Roberts? No, no. Like, I, they're going to be good. Yeah. I'm not, it'd be nip, you know, yeah, I mean, okay, you look at the, the, the resume right now. It's not great, quite frankly, objectively, but yeah. if, you know, they're, they're fairly healthy and I think they're just, I just really think a lot of teams are going to have a hard time matching up with them when they get in conference. I still, yeah. I don't think that's changed. Um, I i really think they, they're going to look much, much better. And uh, we're probably going to forget about this first month pretty quickly once conference season hits. That'd be my guess. What about you? What, what team do you have in mind?
0: Well, when you said, is it cheating, um, and I was going to give the same answer, uh, I hope it's not cheating, because <laughs> uh, well, you know, if, the you, rules, if so anyone you can, wants yeah. to bet me that yeah. Max Aismas will, sh- will continue to shoot under 30% from three, I-, I will put whatever, as long as my wife doesn't know, I will put whatever <laughs> type of money I need to put down on that.
1: Yeah.
0: Shooting just below 30% from three right now, that is not going to continue. Um, and just as a team, like some of these things will figure themselves out. They they brought back a lot of um, experience, but then they also brought in Canter, Connor Vanover, Patrick Mwamba. Some guys that they want playing major minutes, mm. and I think some of it is they just haven't figured out how to work all those guys together yet.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean,
0: so, yeah, that they're my pick as well.
1: It wouldn't surprise me if they were intentionally working on some things, knowing that they can flip the switch back on to, you know, Max cooking and, you know, what we saw more of last year. Like it, it wouldn't surprise me if they're just taking this time to work on some things. Cause it, it, in this conference, it's a hundred percent about winning, uh the conference tournament you know and that maybe take some investment in this non-conference schedule that i don't want to say like throwing games or anything like that but just sort of doing things intentionally to push certain players along faster i mean they don't they don't need to know that they don't need to see if max can score 30 points right They, they they've checked that box and they're trying to see if they what they have in other areas would be my guess um but uh i mean Really, the answer could also could be basically. I, I think the answer could easily be everybody except for South Dakota State, South Dakota, and Saint Thomas. I think those three, uh, in addition to Oral Roberts, like I I think they're going to be the most consistent teams. I think they're closest to the best version of themselves. And uh, but in fairness, I think they have the shortest distance to go. Yeah. Um, you know, the rest of these teams. Uh, there's really only one direction to go for a number of them. And and that's for a very reasonable reason. And um, you know, that's just what happens with freshmen. Like their heads are all spinning right now. And uh, but you know, by the time they get 20 games under their belt, it's a whole different story. And then we'll see what we have.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. uh, To your point about Oral Roberts and the way they schedule, we mentioned this a little bit last week. St. Mary's and Houston are really bad matchups for them, but in a way that can help them grow a little bit. Yeah. Like they do need, I mean, we've seen this so many times with that team when their shots aren't falling, how the whole thing kind of falls. Mm -hmm. And they'd certainly rather learn that how to deal with that now than, than how to deal with it later.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to be shown something that's going to be, far beyond what they're going to see in the conference. I can see value in that. It's all about how they use those experiences. You know, are they going to be like, are they going to, I, I don't think, I don't see them hanging their heads about it. You know, like I said, Houston's like a, it's like a legitimate final four team. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. That is, that is just the same as getting
0: beat by 40 by Kansas. And yeah. not the same name necessarily, but they are there for real.
1: They're and It's their backcourt too. So it's like, I don't know. It. It. it anyway, um, I. I think we're going to forget about this first month pretty quickly for a number of these teams. You know, that's why no nobody's hitting the panic button yet. It's just there's a lot of curious watching going on, and um, right. you know, to try to not watch the box score as much as how the players are embracing their roles. It's like there's a lot of these teams that it's just kind of chaos right now, and the coaches are trying to find some order within the chaos because like you can't you can't take steps forward if you don't know which direction you want to take a step. And there's a lot of options, a lot of different direction these teams could go, but they don't know which way they want to step. So um, once they figure that out, then they can start taking some steps. But, you know, is it in a week, in a month, halfway through the conference season? That's the big question. Right.
0: Well, and one last question I wanted to ask, and It'll kind of wrap up what, what the first question was, is the top a little bit down. The, kind of the opposite of that. Is the bottom a little bit up this year? And if we consider this year's bottom, at least as we know it right now, to be Kansas City, Omaha, and North Dakota, which is not the same teams that were the bottom last year necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, if you compare those three teams this year to what we had last year was St. Thomas, Omaha, and North Dakota, mm-hmm. are are is it maybe a little bit better? The floor a little bit higher this year than it was last year?
1: Yeah, the I think the rosters are for sure much better. Yeah. You know, UND's roster is for sure better. Uh, Omaha's roster is for sure better. Kansas City, you know, it's just uh, obviously we're we're they weren't at the bottom last year, but like I, I totally get what you're saying. Um their roster is probably I mean it's young, but physically it's not like a team that would be necessarily at the bottom. Um, I also think the middle is a little softer. So like, I don't think we're going to see a team with like one or two conference wins, you know, um, there's probably going to be a huge bunch of teams and, uh, you know, it's just going to kind of stay, come down to who gets healthy and who finds their rotation. And, um, you know, but even with that said, even if we start to see some of these teams really kind of fall into a rhythm, like, it's still going to be rhythm for a young team. It's not going to be a rhythm like South Dakota state fell into last year, you know? So there there are going to be times and games that are just going to be head scratches. And it's just like, huh, that was really odd and not a great performance. Um, But then they may follow it up with a good one. And there's gonna be several teams like that. So, I mean, it, it, that just leads me to believe that, you know, yeah, the talent's better. And there's going to be more opportunities to win games this year, period.
0: Well, and when I did my my season preview, this wasn't purposely a question to to reinforce what I said in my season preview, but I had picked that the the winner of the conference will only win maybe 12 games, 13 games, and it would be pretty bunched up there, and then the bottom of the conference would be more five losses, four losses, and then just everything more packed together this season.
1: Yeah, and wouldn't I, that be I, something? Yeah.
0: It still feels that way to me. Yeah, like I mean, there's still tiers, right? Mm-hmm. Like South mm-hmm. Dakota State, Oral Roberts, and South Dakota maybe yeah. are the top tier, and then yeah. the bottom tier I still doubt, do think is Kansas City and Omaha mm-hmm. and North Dakota. But mm-hmm. like all these tiers are just more smushed together than they than they have been in previous years. And yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, is there is there a middle tier of St. Thomas, Western Illinois, and Denver, and then the rest of them are in the bottom? I don't know. I, I
0: think so. Yeah, I, that's what I think.
1: And probably. I think St.
0: Thomas yeah. has pulled themselves very clearly um, up towards the top of that middle. Yeah. And and maybe I mean St. Thomas fans would probably argue that they're actually belong in the top tier. I don't think they're there yet. I. I The Creighton loss, as odd as it is for mid-majors to say this, was really nice. We just need to see a little bit more against – and granted, again, they destroyed St. Francis. I'm Mm -hmm. not denying that. They've they've looked probably the most impressive. It just – yeah, I just think they're towards the top of the middle tier at this point.
1: What's interesting is the question is, like, how much better are they than last year? Like – Maybe a little bit, but yeah. are they, like, much better than last year? Probably not, you know? I
0: mean, um, we were this excited, or maybe not this excited, but we were pretty excited about them at the start of last year, too. Yeah, yeah. Doing I mean, some surprising things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I um, You know, they, they just did a good job of not giving up any ground. I mean, yeah, they lost some players, but I think, you know, they, they're one of the few that made a net positive in terms of their roster from last year. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, they, they they've got a good coach, and they've shown they can win. And I think the difference this year is they won't. You know, I don't forget the end of last year, and they just had nothing left. Mm-hmm. Like, like they just physically could not, and and they've got some better physical tools now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, that 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 will go better. But I I still think this this is the high water mark if I had to guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Last year, I mean, they went from the Mayak where the furthest road game is like two or two or three hours away. But the majority of the games are within like a half an hour to playing a national (laughs) schedule where they're all over the United States. And it's just like, yeah, pretty understandable why they ran out of gas. I mean, they're not used to having to, you know, complete the St. Thomas coursework on a plane, you know, playing this team and that team and whatever, you know, it just. uh, They could have
0: ridden their bikes to a few of the games yeah and
1: the pretty, man yeah. Walk down the street to mcallister yeah yep. it uh so I mean, yeah, I mean what happened last year is totally uh understandable. It's just it's surprising they're doing all this, and we talked all off season about the freshman and it's not not really the freshman, I mean, yeah, Andrew Rody, but outside of that, I mean, it's still the same core guys getting it done.
0: Yeah, they're just they're they're so balanced right now. I, and Andrew Rody is the most impressive of the freshmen. Although Kendall Blue has come up with some moments lately, mm-hmm. um, in the last couple of games. And then when Rody only took six or seven shots in 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 their last game against Merrimack, and then he has eight assists. Like he's mm-hmm. he's yeah. he's gonna he's gonna do some special things.
1: I he's a real deal. He's not playing like a freshman at all.
0: No, not at all. No, on the other other freshmen have moments, but then they're freshmen, and so yeah,
1: they, they play like freshmen should. Uh, and yeah. Andrew Roddy's not,
0: yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. All right, well, that's the end of my questions, Zach. Anything we we still need to bring up?
1: No, I mean, I, I would just uh, preach patience at this point. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there's things you could point to to get uh, excited about on its own, but. Um, I think you just got to keep a long-term approach and, and keep in mind the travel schedule, man. These, these guys are just, it's just, uh, just a suicide schedule really. I mean, I don't, it's just, unblo- I don't know how these coaches do it. Um, <laughs> you know, so <coughs> hopefully yeah, I don't know either. I mean, it's hopefully it's, they can stay healthy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause what happens when you start to get run down is you start to get hurt. So yeah.
0: Yeah. It's great to have basketball back. <laughs> We we all we kind of forget sometimes that this time of year doesn't give us as much as we would hope for. Um, yeah. But as I was looking for the next week or two, there is a little bit more of that. Okay, this team gives us a little bit better of a idea of where this team is at. Yeah. Um, so so it's not 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 as many of the buy games and not as many of the non D one games in the next couple of weeks, which will be nice.
1: Yeah, especially for like UMKC. And you know maybe Omaha to a lesser extent, but these schedules will start to balance out. Um, You know, even Oral Roberts has a few more, so a few more like opponents that they should be playing tough. Right. Yep.
0: All right. Well, that's that's all we got for today. Um, We'll see everybody back next week.